yourself something smooth tonight ladies and gentlemen because we're taking a trip down chaosville i hope you pour yourself a bomb cyclone get yourself warmed up that's right it's the pre-show for quite frankly on this fourth day of january 2023 the year is just flying and we're serving bomb cyclones at the bar tonight. It is the special for this evening, having a little bit of a geoengineering night, and uh, and we have a first-time guest on in that in that respect. First-time guest making an appearance. Uh, have seen his work all over the internet for many years. It was the first time I ever talking to him. His name is Dane Wigginton geoengineeringwatch.org so got some I just figured we'd talk to him about all of these uh, these incredible storm systems huh we had a winter deep freeze they called it a bomb cyclone I'm sure there's a reason for that and there's another one coming up onto the California coast or like within the next day or so or something it's just forming or so I want to bring that up and just talk a little bit more about get get his opinions, get Dane's opinions on what's going on here, because you know everybody looks at things differently, everybody reads the tea leaves differently, and uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I think we should have more than enough time for calls afterwards. More than enough time. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I I put in the notes for tonight's show that in the second half, if there is time, that we're going to read a thread on the Unabomber. Because I told you that um, there's there's a lot of rumors going around. It, I mean, on pl- like 4chan, Tumblr, everywhere else, that Ted Kaczynski had died in prison, and of course that makes a lot of the autists very upset. Because uh, yeah, nobody, I don't, I don't know very many people or any at all who stand by his mail bombing computer stores and stuff like that. But as far as his written manuscript and manifestos go and his IQ, man, oh man, is there a lot to unpack in his writing? And uh, it turns out he's not dead. I think he's about 80 years old now. He's not dead. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. The Unabomber is safe. We still have him. He's still of us. Um, But I I wanted to jump into a, a, a thread that someone had written about him especially since it really breaks down every once in a while we go into the manifesto and we find some really based shit that's in there um so i wanted to do that but there's not gonna be enough time i think to do it with any kind of intent so 
I was going to maybe hold that off. Especially when he talks about leftism, why leftists cannot divorce themselves from technology, the technocratic state, why they need it, why leftist art always ends up being this devolved mishmash of ugliness and, and depravity and depression. And uh, th- there's just so much there. Now, obviously, he went off the deep end and there's a lot, a lot to unpack. And I've been watching a lot of Yellowstone, as as you, you may know, so it's all kind of tying in together because the new Yellowstone prequel series, 1923, already in the three episodes that are out, very awesome and interesting commentary on life and change and, uh, and all that. It, that happens frequently in all of the writing of Yellowstone but in 1923 it's been happening too and the fact that it's all taking place in Montana where the Unabomber was was camping out in some kind of a shanty in the woods well I guess that just makes things even more appropriate so we'll do that some other time this week not tomorrow night because we have a great guest then too Toby Wright but maybe a little bit on Friday night I have a I have a couple of really positive philosophical things to do with you guys and gals. So um, this is the time. These are the times that I tell myself, don't overbook the months. You need some nights where there's just nothing going on. So you can do these things with the audience. And uh, I think I have to just start looking forward to February for booking and uh, and not overdo myself here because there's 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 too much to do and I'll be getting backed up. So that's that. 7.02 p.m. I want to thank, I just want to thank all of the, my friends on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. It's Wednesday, so I just want to give a shout out across the board. There's quite frankly Jester cigars from Lefties. There's wonderful, wonderful botanical chocolates from the magic men and women over there at Yes Cacao. They're magical people. You want alchemy chocolate? Yes Cacao. Um, more, you got the CBD, you got the, the, the prepping, all of it needs to be done, but there's so, so much more there. And it's all from wonderful American businesses, high craftsmanship, great customer service. Go to the affiliates page on quite frankly, TV when you're watching the after show tonight and, uh, what is going to be featured on the after show? Well, it's, it's rabbit hole Wednesdays. So it's a bunch of stuff like that. But the first thing you'll be doing is going down a trip. Uh, down the, uh, the the dimming rabbit hole, a Dane Wigginton full length film, two hour film that they put out. That he put out in I think 2021. So we'll be playing that in the second half. If you want to get uh, deep into the weeds with some more weather weather warfare concepts, which we'll be talking about tonight, set the table nicely for that. And is that all I want to say in the opening? Yeah, yes, that's it. That's it. Reminds you all, if you're going to take part in book club next Wednesday, next Wednesday night after this show, which I'll be cutting off maybe about 20, 25 minutes early, we are no longer reading chapters one through four. It's one through five. You're going to see it's a very quick read. And um, one through five, I updated the official thread on quite frankly form as well. So there you have it. All right, let's jump into the grab bag, shall we? Number one, the house adjourns until 8 p.m. The halfway house of representatives. 
adjourns until 8 p.m. as McCarthy, this loser poser. I am so happy that this man is frustrated. I don't know how this ends. It seems like Matt Gates and all of his colleagues are standing firm and they just want this guy to go away. And maybe he does. Maybe he does. But I am so happy that he's being embarrassed right now. Oh, it makes this country look bad. No, 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 no. No, we've been an embarrassment for a long, long time. That's another thing. That's another thing that I love watching those old, these old period pieces like uh, like 1923. You have this this character, Spencer Dutton, who is a World War I veteran, and now he's just off adventuring in, in Africa, and he'll come across, you know, British women and and uh, all these other people, and, they, and they, just can, they can see an American. They just know an American when they see one. But it's not because they're wearing purple, you know, they had the purple hair and, uh, you know, their face is just riddled with piercings and all that shit now. It's, it's because there's something rough and dangerous about them, but, you know, but, you know, attractive. Not anymore. <laughs> not, not anymore. Not anymore. I guess that's what I was coming around to. Um, House adjourns until 8 p.m. as loser poser McCarthy. Uh, fails to secure speakership after a sixth ballot. Good, good. This is what I hope they would they would do to every spending bill. To every spending bill. Just starve the government of all the money that it shouldn't be taking in anyway. The House has adjourned until 8 p.m. Eastern Time Wednesday. After failing to receive a majority of the vote for a sixth time, Representative Victoria Sparts of Indiana once again voted present, making the threshold for McCarthy to win 217. The final tally, which was unchanged from the previous two votes, was 212 for Jeffries, this um, this brain-dead New York Democrat that, of course, is, I guess, the, the, the new House Speaker of choice for them for the next 80,000 years. They'll start making his clones uh, next week. He'll have 50,000 clones waited for him so he can, be, he can be House Speaker until the year 2,500. 201 votes for the... Uh, the gray-haired, gray-bush poser, McCarthy. 20 for this guy, Donalds. And then that one present vote. Kevin McCarthy appears to yet lose another round uh, of voting for House Speaker. That said, in a potentially positive development for McCarthy, Representative Chip Roy said there have been productive negotiations over the past two hours. That's horrible. That's terrible to hear. Uh, whenever you hear Congress has had production negotiations, that's terrible. That's bad sign. Bad sign for us, of course. Roy added that he is not a hard no on McCarthy and that GOP conference is trying to repair that damage today and progress has been made. CNN, you know what McCarthy's going to say? Gonna, I heard, I hear you. I hear you, darn tootin' rootin'. I hear you. People are frustrated out there and we need to do better. Some stupid milk toast address that's what we'll get cnn is also reporting that republicans are considering appointing four members each from the pro slash anti mccarthy camps to negotiate a path forward here's a little bit from matt gates not too long ago in some way to try to divide our conference but look he's a desperate guy whose vote share is dropping with every subsequent vote and i'm ready to vote all night all week all month and never for that person so i'll tell you what when he comes out 
and heads back to his squatting in the speaker's office, which why is he even allowed to be there? Now, I heard about that, too, and it is a good question. Why why is he being allowed in the speaker's office if he's not been confirmed as a as a speaker? I see they just they just take what they want. These these freaks like is there some basis in law or statute or rule for someone who comes in second place in six consecutive speaker races to be able yeah yeah the law is it's the joe biden rule you know he didn't um, he didn't win the election of course but he still called himself the uh, office of the the office holder of the president-elect and that was it that was the, the that was all she wrote that was the end of that story and um and and they just inaugurated him all right well i guess he's not leaving and he's technically i mean he's already been speaking from the office of the president-elect what are we going to do just go back on this Top Catholic Archbishop, my man, Vigano, urges a three-day fast for January 6th defendants. Catholic Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, who has served in several high-level Vatican roles, said he encourages a three-day fast to bring heavenly protection for defendants charged in January 6th Capitol riot and for the nation as a whole against the subversive attack of the deep state. Vigano, ex-Vatican Secretary General and former Holy See diplomat to the United States, called for a fast from January 3rd to 5th. I wish I had known that. I would have definitely done that. I guess I could just do three days of my own. I'm going to have to call up Jay Gulinello before I do that one. I have I've gotten to, I've done a 22-hour fast in the last six months, and that was basically by accident. I don't know if I can go three days. I'm going to need a little bit of bone broth along the way something the force isn't that strong with me in your message he says in your message you tell me about your initiative to announce three days of fasting to pro, uh to prop uh pro, to propitiate heavenly protection to the united states of america against the subversive attack of the deep state vegano wrote to mcbride oh this is a uh he wrote um in a letter to joseph mcbride an attorney for multiple january 6th defendants Vigano wrote to McBride, I can only encourage and bless this commendable gesture of penance to be accompanied by prayer above all the Holy Rosary. The Archbishop concluded his letter by giving his greatest and paternal blessing to those who defend Catholicism. McBride and uh, McBride told the Epoch Times on Monday, quote, I wrote the Archbishop because he embodies the outspoken protective spirit of St. Michael the Archangel and is renowned for his condemnation of both the deep state and the deep church, end quote. People participating in the fast will consume only liquids from 12 a.m. through 6 p.m., consume one meal a day, practice abstinence and pray. Oh, that's it? Oh, I can do that. One meal a day is easy. Easy. I, I might actually go to it soon. I might have one massive meal a day soon because I don't know. It, it's, it might even get even easier. Rabbi Yehuda Levin, leader of the Jews for Morality, commended the Archbishop's statement and called for Jews to fast as already required on the 10th day of Tevet, which corresponded to January 3rd. In addition to mourning the events leading to the destruction of the temple, Rabbi Levin asked Jews to also have in mind all those American citizens who are political prisoners and otherwise victims of malicious uh, prosecution and persecution by the deep state and a corrupt judiciary. Well, 
At least the real picture, the real problem has not been lost. It's not going out of frame for some people, and that's great. Now this is messed up. This is from the Jerusalem Post. Headline, Mother of the Year, U.S. teen, a U.S. teenager discovers their cyberbully was her own mother. It's like mommy dearest. Let's see here. A teenage girl who suffered. <laughs> a teenage girl who suffered from cyberbullying discovered that the anonymous troll behind hate messages she received over the past year was her own mother, Joan Crawford. Kendra Gale Licari from Michigan abused her daughter online using juvenile slang to keep herself from being identified. She was arrested last month after a year-long investigation to which FBI experts were called in to help search for the bully. I'm so happy that the FBI took some time off in Michigan from framing people for bogus kidnap plots that they cooked up themselves to help find the cyber bully. I actually am. Because nobody should have to go through this, uh, especially when their own mother is behind it. Even though Lakari used a VPN, she, so she thought of everything, didn't she? To disguise the source of the messages and spiced up her messages with juvenile slang to make them look like they were written by a boy or a girl, detectives were eventually able to connect the messages to Lakari. The victim turned to her mother. After the victim turned to her mother for help, she allegedly reported the bullying to authorities. She even went so far as to cooperate with the mother of her daughter's boyfriend. The mother of, wait, wait, wait. She, oh, Lakari, even went so far as to cooperate with the mother of her daughter's boyfriend at the time to help, quote unquote, find the cyber bully who sent the poor girl up to a dozen messages a day. What the, this is sick. Initially, school authorities could not help and local law enforcement did not have the resources to track down the culprit. Isabella County Prosecutor David Barbary told local radio station WKRC, quote, when the case first came to our office, it was strange and almost unbelievable. He added that this continuous campaign of abuse, quote, we are talking about several hundred text messages. There are more than a thousand pages of text in the file. Barbary said the messages were mostly disturbing, humiliating, and mean text messages. However, after computer experts in the FBI identified that the messages came from Lakari's phone, she broke down under investigation and confessed to the bullying spree against her daughter. Bill City School Superintendent William Chilman said the 42-year-old Lakari was basketball coach at her daughter's school at the time of her actions. She was arraigned on Monday, December 12th, released on $5,000 bail, using a computer to commit a crime as a felony, with a potential sentence of up to 10 years in prison. Uh, that's nothing compared to losing your mother. That's nothing compared to losing your mother. In the, I mean, this is beyond Black Mirror, if you ask me. This is so messed up. Uh, that's it. You lost your mother. How are you ever going to look at that person the same way again? Lakari was also charged with stalking a minor and obstructing justice, both of which could carry an additional five years behind bars. At this time, it's unclear if there is enough evidence to transfer the case to trial, and the hearing on the issue is postponed to January 12th without a reason being given. That is just so bizarre and disturbing. I want to see what she looks like. 
I want to see what she looks like. The mother. I want to look into her eyes. I want to see the mugshot. I got to look into the eyes. That's where the real crazy comes out. That's where it comes out. All right. Well, that's it. Let's start this show off. Now, as I ask every night, and I'm going to ask all throughout the show, for as long as we are on platforms like Rumble and on YouTube, let's make the use of the weight we can possibly throw around and like this broadcast. On Rumble, whether you're on, if you're on Rumble Mobile, there is a, there's a thumbs up button just like Twitter. So depending on you're on mobile or if you're on desktop and you can see the plus or minus sign, give us a Rumble Plus and on on YouTube, make sure you just hit the like button. It's such an amazing thing that you can contribute to the show every night. It's like lighting a candle at church. Like lighting a candle at church. It's not not exactly the same thing, but it's just habit. That's what I'm talking about. Make it a habit, like lighting a candle at church. All right. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You guys and gals have been wonderful to me, as per usual. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Welcome to the show. It is 7.19 p.m. We have a couple of moments before we bring on Dane Wigginton, so I want to set the set the, the stage. Remember, you can send in Super Chats to quitefranklysuperchat.com. You can go and drop, uh, drop some Rumble Rants in there. There is the Gold Pills on Foxhole, which is embedded cozily on quitefrankly.tv, which many of you are just uh, set up there for the rest of the night. Because after we end here at 9, we go right into Rabbit Hole Wednesdays in the After Hour program. Here's what I wanted to bring up. Little stories like this that we get all the time now. Could climate change kill backyard skating rinks? A citizen science program called Rink Watch encourages backyard, backyard rink makers to submit data on ice and weather conditions. But what do you think is going on? It's just becoming harder and harder to predict how they're, you know, whether or not they're going to be able to have ice rink weather because things are so all over the place. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't uh, have any 
I don't I, I don't deny the fact that there's some crazy things going on over there. And no no matter where you were in the country on Christmas weekend, it was probably sub zero weathers or getting close to it save for a couple of corners like the tip of Florida and some of the Southwest and all that, but every, everything else was frigid. And then a couple of days later, we got a, like a 70 degree swing back upward. Today, it was nearly 60 degrees, if not topping 60. I was outside working out in a t-shirt today and sweating. It was fantastic. I loved it. But I tried to tell myself, don't get used to it. It's only January 4th. But Aside from the constant reporting on how crazy and unpredictable the weather is getting, there are stuff like this, the bigger things, the bomb cyclone, which I just referenced there. There's another one coming for the California coast. Did you hear about this? San Francisco, as we prepare for incoming weather, let's take a moment to pause and look at the visible imagery and marvel at what Mother Nature is sending our way. Is it Mother Nature, though? That's what I want to know. Is it something? Now, tonight, when we talk about, and it's a massive storm, massive storm heading toward California right now, the image shows the beginning of what they call a bomb cyclone formation over the Pacific Ocean and atmospheric river swirling toward, an atmospheric river swirling toward the San Francisco Bay Area. The atmospheric river is connected to a rapidly intensifying low-pressure system that will grow strong enough to be classified as a bomb cyclone. These are things, not only the sensational nature of storm and weather reporting, but the sensational name of weather naming and the, everything that goes along with it. And when we talk about geoengineering and weather warfare, I, I, I'm always very interested in it, but my my interest peaks when we start going through things like that. And we have a first-time guest that spends a lot of his time, if not dedicated his whole life, to this kind of um, this kind of topic. And his name is Dane Wigington of geoengineeringwatch.org. Here's a little bit of his bio. Dane has a background in solar energy, former employee of Bechtel Power Corporation and was licensed contractor in California and Arizona. He's been engaged in constant climate geoengineering research for the last 15 years now. His personal residence was featured in a cover article on the world's largest renewable energy magazine, Home Power. He owns and manages a wildlife preserve next to Lake Shasta in North California. Dane puts all of his focus, effort, and energy researching the climate engineering issue when he began to lose every significant amount of solar uptake, when, when he began to lose very significant amounts of solar uptake due to the ever-increasing solar obscuration caused from jet aircraft spraying in the skies above his mountaintop home. He also noted a significant decline in forest health was occurring and accelerating extensive testing and researching into geoengineering issues was commenced which revealed alarming discoveries. And Dane has focused all of his time and efforts toward exposing and halting climate engineering operations since 2002. So we got a lot going on there. And I would have to imagine that in uh, the, the moments that we have after the show concludes and we air the dimming, a lot of that is going to come to life to you right there on your screen. So make sure you do not change the channel after we're done here. But we want to welcome... Dane to the show right now. Dane, how are you, my friend? Good, Frank. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to have you on for the first time. 
I appreciate your willingness to address a climate engineering issue. That's all we do here at geoengineeringwatch.org. Well, it's definitely one of those things. If you've been on the internet and you've taken any kind of interest in these topics for any uh, amount of time, You've definitely come across articles and work that has been published on, on your website, and um, it, that's why it's, it's, it's exciting to have you on here. And um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, first, this, this last film that you put out, The Dimming, which we're going to broadcast on, quite frankly, .tv afterwards. What should we expect from that? Well, you can see in The Dimming, and that's the culmination of many years of research, work and effort on, on many arenas in this subject. But what you can see is conclusive proof of climate intervention operations being conducted in our skies. And if people don't believe what they see with their own eyes, there's not much else we can tell them. In that film, The Dimming, we have two U.S. Air Force generals, a Brigadier General and Major General. You have former U.S. government scientists, U.S. Forest Service, Fish and Game, former U.S. Presidential Cabinet member, former Canadian Minister of Defense, uh, many top scientists. We at great effort and expense, Frank, took a National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration flying lab to altitude with top scientists in it. We sampled what the heavy aircraft were emitting at altitude. We processed that sample to one of the world's most renowned laboratories, RPI, and we found exactly what we knew we would find, climate engineering elements starting with aluminum. End of debate. This is going on. We have up-close film footage of these aircraft at altitude, nozzles visible, turning spray dispersions on and off. We have the entire meteorological community pretending that this on and off dispersion is just some sort of atmospheric layering. That's complete nonsense. Again, when we have film footage of the nozzles visible turning on and off, there's no more discussion or debate. It's happening. My question has always been, um, when it comes to that, if, if it doesn't matter if you have the footage of the nozzles or not, if you're on the ground level, you look up and you just see this thatch work that's going across the sky all the time. And in some places, it's a much worse than others. But um, I, w I always wondered that, especially from these commercial airliners, is this something that is being triggered by the pilots? Is this a conscious uh, schedule of you know dumping this stuff? Or is it just built into the mechanics of the plane to be done without any conscious effort of the people flying it? All available evidence indicates the latter is the case. And this is, we're working with commercial pilots right now. We're supplying them geoengineeringwatch.org printed materials that they are covertly placing in pilot lunchrooms and other locations because they know these operations are going on. They know their aircraft are being used in many cases. It does not directly involve commercial personnel. I wanna make that very clear. We have no evidence that it's involving commercial personnel. We have military tankers as well, Frank, and we have, for example, U.S. military, KC-10s, KC-135s, C-17 Globemasters, huge part of this scenario because those tankers, in many cases, like a KC-135, can carry 100 tons of payload to altitude, many, many times what a commercial aircraft could carry given its other payloads. And when we have the statistics on these tankers, that the U.S. military has three times more tankers than all other militaries in the world combined. U.S. military is certainly a key player in all of this. And, and onto more written documentation of these programs going on at geoengineeringwatch.org, we have many, many documents going back many decades. Of one example, an 800-page U.S. Senate document from 1978 
outlining the full scope and scale of these operations even then, specifically stating that governments, even otherwise adversarial governments, adversarial relations, U.S., China, Russia, would cooperate with these programs because you can't just climate engineer over your own country. So we can speculate about all the agendas and the objectives, but the fact that there's global cooperation and the fact that these programs are ongoing and wreaking absolute havoc, this is weather warfare. It's weather and biological warfare, period. The elements are toxic. We're all breathing these elements, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers. We now know graphene from our last 100 lab tests. So geoengineeringwatch.org is not shooting from the hip. We are a hard research institution we have many contacts in governments, and we are simply trying to bring this issue to life, Frank. I, I, and, and it is it is coming to life a lot, for, uh, and especially for a lot of people who are just sick of getting sick too. Um, I know a few people who have have stumbled into this this line of research just because they had a uh, a few experiences of coming out of their home in the, the Southern California area and wondering it wasn't like a pollen season they were wondering what this greenish kind of film was over everything and they actually went out and they had it tested and, and a number of times came back with a lot of the the same elements and compounds that you're talking about right there and that that is so it's just starting off a lot of people down this path of research because it's personally affecting us and i'd have to imagine as we get into more bigger picture questions that the bomb cyclone kind of weather events we are getting normalized with right now that has to be in some way shape or form related what what do you what do you say about that because my interest like i said in the opening always peaks when we witness these sensational weather events um what do you think precipitated these storms in particular are they in any way shape or form natural or have been naturally occurring before the age of geoengineering what we see now is in every way unnatural. There is no natural weather at this point. When you manipulate any part of the global climate system, you alter the entire system. And in fact, what we have is a complete disruption of the system all around the world. And there are multiple layers, many layers to these processes. We discussed the aerosol dispersions of material, and we're talking about tens of millions of tons annually being dispersed into our skies. These are nano particles which are the most harmful kind the smaller the particle the more harmful it is doesn't matter what the element is in question and these elements are manipulated by frequency transmissions and i know you know what harp is in alaska that's one example there's about a hundred of that type of facility around the globe harp being the most powerful when you saturate an air mass with these electrically conductive particulates you can manipulate those particulates with the frequency transmissions thus you can manipulate the air mass in the case of harp an ionosphere heater and its ability to heat the ionosphere to extraordinarily high temperatures, they can and are manipulating atmospheric pressure zones, i.e. the term we hear so often now, the bomb cyclone. We hear that term all the time. A decade ago and beyond, we never heard it. And again, they, they make this up as they go. Now, we see how many times, Frank, have you heard the meteorologists say the rain will be changing over to snow? Have you heard that one? Yes all the time now and so often the quote snow the frozen material which i don't really want to dignify as calling snow because it's so toxic so full of climate engineering chemical ice nucleating elements that this is what process they're using to cause these flash cool downs you probably saw that denver went before new year's went from 51 degrees denver airport to 24 degrees in a, 24 below zero excuse me in a matter of hours 75 degree drop 
in a matter of hours, was back up to 60 degrees a couple of days later. We're seeing that type of weather whiplash everywhere. And geoengineeringwatch.org is the only organization that's trying to bring to light that these are chemically nucleated cooldowns. This is chemical winter weather. And we have the Chinese government openly disclosing they were doing this type of process. Popular science covered it, Fox News, MSNBC. Your, your listeners can, your followers can search this, Frank. They can search Chinese scientists engineer snowstorm and they'll find all these major mainstream sources covered it. But yet when it comes to the US, we see no one covering it except geoengineeringwatch.org. And I, I hope that changes because these engineered flash cooldowns are absolutely not nature. So let me ask you this then, because the, here's another thing. In the same vein as watching or or wondering what commercial pilots may or may not know about what has been attached to their planes and what kind of missions they're really flying uh, other than transporting people from New York to Disneyland, I, I, often, I often wonder... Are, are these individual weather events deliberately manufactured events, one-offs, or is this just a predictable, or are what we're watching right now a predictable consequence of just ongoing operations at, at sea and in the sky? Uh, is, is it a mix of both? What do you think it is more of? It is absolutely an intentional manipulation that does cause chaotic downstream effects. But when we have quote, winter snowstorms with their moisture originating from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's raining right now as I speak. It's raining in Canada, north of the Great Lakes, because they apparently don't have enough tankers available to nucleate that precipitation fast enough. And it came from the record warm Gulf of Mexico with tornadoes and thunderstorms all along the way. Now we have thunder snow, didn't exist in decades past. So these are absolutely manipulated events. And when you look at the jet stream configurations that they are able to create, it is phenomenal at the complexity. It looks almost like the front of a, a newer model car with a fan belt that goes around about 10 pulleys and counterclockwise rotating some, clockwise rotating others. And they're able to steer the upper level wind currents profoundly. And that's done again with the pressure zones that I just described. When you create a high-pressure heat dome, have, have you heard that term, Frank? No. High-pressure heat dome. Have you heard that a lot during the summer and scorching temperatures under a high-pressure heat dome? I, ha I have not heard that in particular, no. The meteorologists use it all the time now. And that's exactly what you get from an ionosphere heater. So in the northern hemisphere, when they blast the ionosphere with 3.5 million watts of power and they create a high-pressure heat dome, that rotates clockwise in the northern hemisphere. And that rotates the upper level winds clockwise around that high pressure heat dome. So in doing so, they're able to steer upper level wind currents. And that's what they've done to California, by the way, for the last 15 years. It started in 2007. And if you look at the disseminations from geoengineeringwatch.org going back a decade or more, everything we said would happen has happened. Engineered drought catastrophe, target California. Bay Park and Ionosphere heater created high pressure heat dome over California. And that rotates all the moisture around us, up and over us, often through Alaska. And they're chemically nucleating that moisture the whole time, which is cooling it down. These are patented processes, by the way. They're cooling that down and cooling the air mass as it heads into the eastern U.S. And that begins to cool the eastern U.S., which, by the way, for the last 10 years running, is the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world. 
and your listeners can search that. We're adding to our patents list all the time. We've added uh, probably 20 or 30 for 2022 alone. So again, these are not made up processes and chemical ice nucleation is a very profound process that's seeding the cloud moisture with endothermic reacting elements that's an energy absorbing element like you see in a ski slope yeah frank you've seen ski slopes that have that are covered with snow and the whole mountain's bare you've seen that before right absolutely so again if people accept that but for some reason they have difficulty accepting that you have a u.s military tanker dumping 100 tons of that type of material into cloud moisture and creating frozen material on the ground we, we captured a satellite image frank of a stripe of snow across Kansas on flat topography, flat ground. It was a stripe of snow 10 miles wide and I believe about 200 miles long, a perfect symmetrical stripe. Obviously, that's not nature. But yet we have the denial that's coming from so many places and, and even from, unfortunately, many in, in alternative media are not acknowledging these engineered cooldowns. And we hope that changes. We have such extreme examples. Do you remember by chance, Frank? Hearing about 100,000 cattle that died to death in a flash snowstorm it happened in 2013. Do you, by chance, remember that one? I don't. Re I don't remember that one, but I do remember the uh, the thousands or so that that did that in a. Um, I think it was last summer in the middle of uh, what they said was a heat wave. Um, though there was a lot of dissent among farmers as as to what it could have been. A lot of people said it couldn't have been the heat, but I, I don't remember the 2013 uh, fr flash freezing. No. Yeah, I remember the, the heat deaths in Kansas of the cattle as well. And actually, if you know, again, with a high-pressure heat dome, um, those cattle can die that on that scale because what's created, I'll back up to the flash cooldown in a minute, what's created is what's called the wet bulb effect. It, and with humans, it's called the wet bulb effect. It's a combination of temperature and humidity that's intolerable to the human body. You push temperatures past a certain point, same with cows, same with any type of living organism, they can't cool themselves. So again, we're creating unnatural conditions, including the heat. We had the same type of scenario in British Columbia in early 2021. We had temperatures in British Columbia along the coast that were 60 degrees above normal, it was 121.5 degrees on the coast of British Columbia. Try to get your arms around that. That would be like my location in Redding in Northern California on a hot summer day being about 160 degrees oh. and people don't connect the dots at how much 60 degrees above normal is so back to the flash freeze what we had october 4th 2013 south dakota hundred thousand cold hardy cattle died in a freak flash winter snowstorm snow started falling at 40 degrees and they can chemically nucleate at far above freezing temperatures the process begins to cool the air mass frank it's just like you know when you have a first aid kit on your shelf that has an ice pack in it it can sit there for 20 years at room temperature and you can mix those chemicals and you end up with a frozen ice pack right yeah same scenario on an unimaginable scale so started snowing 40 degrees at the same time we captured the weather maps where they took them offline we captured them at geodreamwatch.org during the dimming by the way it was 89 degrees and raining in kansas city it was 85 degrees and raining in chicago how could you possibly have a snowstorm in South Dakota that kills 100,000 cattle? Two days later, they're laying around in the mud, dead, no snow. Obviously, that's not nature. No, so, again, the degree to which... 
Go ahead. No, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I was, I'm agreeing with you, and, and that's, and that's what we saw with the. Um, I think the the first time we got a, a look at this, because obviously this was a nationwide, save for a couple of corners of the of the map over here in the United States, it was a nationwide thing. It, it was freezing temperatures down to the Mexico border, but this was not the first time that we had seen this in the last three years. Well, it was just either last winter or the winter before that it was a, a deadly cold front that went through the deep south and people were wondering what the hell are we talking about here where it strained the uh, the, the power supplies and all that stuff so um again there's that that normalization factor for something that would seem completely outlandish in the past it is it's amazing how people accept it and let me back up to the deep freeze in texas as you may have alluded to a moment ago, that happened in early 2021. You remember that, zero degrees in Dallas, right? Yep. So at the same time, it was zero, below zero in Dallas. It was about 85 degrees at approximately the same latitude in Florida. At the same time, it was below zero in Dallas. It was 33 degrees warmer at the North Pole. And the moisture for that, quote, winter storm came straight off the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Again, since when do winter storms come off the Gulf of Mexico? And now we have the meteorologists on the climate engineering cover-up institutions like the Weather Channel claiming that winter storms have a warm side and a cold side. How completely ridiculous is that? So when we, we look at winter storm Elliot, which we communicated about off air, this is the Christmas cool down that happens. We see a correlation with these cool down events with some other scenario that makes them more significant in that case the holidays when people have to endure that type of difficulty traveling during the holidays they remember that event and that drives a wedge into populations as to whether the planets what state the planet's actually in when they're not considering climate engineering so during that coast to coast cool down again right time for the christmas holidays perfectly let's back up before that we had a previous coast to coast cool down this year and when did that, what did that correlate with? It correlated with the COP27 climate conference, coast to coast cool down in the US, while it was above normal temperatures through the entire Northern hemisphere. And that correlated exactly, was timed exactly with the COP27 climate conference, because those conferences are not about changing business as usual in any way, shape or form. Those climate conferences, and we saw the same thing, by the way, in the Copenhagen Climate Conference, Cancun. It's, this is just a matter of procedure for them. They are demonstrating what they can do with climate engineering. And the countries at those conferences are being behind closed doors, forced to either actively or passively support climate engineering as their mitigation, if you will. Okay, so then, then this, this leads me directly to my next question. And that is always, why? Um, is, is it because, I mean, Every operation must have an end game, and we know if we go farther down the line, what has been declared by either the uh, the UN, the Club of Rome, anything like that. We've got Agenda 21. We've got the Great Reset. We know about deindustrialization goals. We know the end of the nations. They want end of nations. They want end of privacy, end of sound money. Great Reset, we got that over the last couple of years alone. And, um, I mean, we, we've gotten... Uh, previews into how they, they may want climate lockdowns just based on what they were able to see during the COVID lockdowns. They, they saw, oh, well, 
this national park started coming back to life again and there was more deer over here and there's more wolves over here and this one city over here in South Africa was a little bit less smoggy than it ever was maybe we should be doing this more often and of course when they talk about eliminating carbon they're really talking about eliminating people and that's scary enough in itself but for right now what does it what does it serve for them to paralyze an entire nation in the middle of Christmas holiday is it just disaster fatigue do they are they trying to twist people's arms for the next election is it really just about making sure that people are become more and more upset with how their lives are being disrupted that they it, it's all part of uh impacting upcoming elections what do you think that we are where are we in the in the plot right now and and as far as motivation goes first with you on all your points climate engineering is all that and much much more it is ultimately fundamentally about power and control period encompassing everything you just stated and much more I would encourage your listeners they can watch a film clip of president lyndon johnson in 1962 then vice president at the it's the first 30 seconds of our weekly geoengineeringwatch.org update commercial free non-political called global alert news the first 30 seconds is lyndon johnson stating like a lunatic again on film and on record that he who controls the weather controls the world he stated we had the power to control the world's cloud layer then and he who controls the weather controls the world because you control the food supply thus you control populations but what else do you do when you can create this kind of a cool down event that's not natural in any way, shape, or form. You drive a wedge into society between those who think there's something wrong with the planet's life support systems and those who don't. And that serves the power structure as well, on top of everything else you already cited. So you keep the population divided and confused as to the true state of the climate and the damage done, and all the while doing everything else you described, mirroring populations in difficulty, you're reducing food supplies, which means much of the population has to focus on the next bite of food. They can't focus on the wider horizon. It's ultimately all about power and control, but there are so many layers to that. And when you can mask the damage being done to the, the planet's life support systems, while at the same time inflicting even more damage, this compares, Frank, to a, to a pharmaceutical commercial. How many pharmaceutical commercials have you seen? Take this for that symptom. And here's 50 other side effects. And you wonder who would take that. Yeah. But it's the same mentality. It's a military industrial complex mentality. And this is absolutely a weapon of war period. And we do see right now what can only be considered an intentional targeting of agricultural producing regions. It, oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up there too. The, 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 the middle, the Midwest, we saw a lot of there was a lot of anxiety about two years ago, pro- probably around the time that there was that deep freeze uh, in in twenty twenty one, talking about the the corn crops how they were really on the edge of uh, oblivion with being so late in the year because of how the flooding uh, uh, as well as the freezing was screwing up all of the um, all all of those the those cycle the agricultural cycles out there. But my question to you now uh, from here would be. Is there any form of geoengineering that is 
or could be beneficial for the planet at this point, aside from just stopping everything? Because the term itself, when I think about geoengineering, it doesn't necessarily lend itself exclusively to malice. Weather warfare, on the other hand, I mean, that has diabolical intent baked right into it from the get-go. And uh, surely we're not the best caretakers of our home planet over here. So I just wonder, is there anything that you think uh, our the technology available to us now, say, than during the Dust Bowl when we were just planting millions and millions of trees, and, and that started helping us get out of that. Um, with the available uh, with the available technology now, is there any form of geoengineering that you think could be beneficial to healing the planet? Generally speaking, and the term is a very, very broad term. We have many forms of it. We're discussing right now aerosol geoengineering, stratospheric aerosol injection, but there are other forms of geoengineering going on right now, and I'll wrap this all into one. We have ocean fertilization going on right now. We believe the elements being used for stratospheric aerosol injection, solar radiation management over the oceans are materials that are conducive for ocean fertilization as well, which causes an ocean bloom of algae that sucks up some of the CO2, but at what cost? It kills that section of the ocean. It, it masks some of the problem but at the cost of killing oceans, the oceans die, we die. And this appears to be another form of geoengineering. So again, from trying to the stated purpose, blocking some of the sun's incoming thermal energy to mitigate global warming, that's the stated purpose of geoengineering. Although we know it's being used for weather warfare, ocean iron fertilization, same thing. Trying to, if I can use a, an old parable, robbing Peter to pay Paul, when you, you can't only do that so long, you can only force the clam the planet's life support system so long before they break and they are breaking now and what's the military industrial complex doing they're doubling down even more we have ozone layer collapse occurring right now geoengineeringwatch.org has a former nasa contract engineer that works directly for us and has for a number of years with equipment that we supplied him and we know we are getting uvc in the surface of the earth right now not just extraordinarily high levels of uvb we're getting UVC, that's the last spectrum before X-ray. It's killing plankton, it's killing insects, it's killing flora, and it's harming us, it harms your optical function. We're told that stops 100,000 feet up in the atmosphere, but it's on the surface now. And at the current rate of ozone destruction, climate engineering being the core causal factor, I wanna stress that. Yes, hairspray cans com contain CFCs and that's not good. But logically, rationally, are we should we be more worried about a hairspray can or military KC-135 dumping 100 tons into the, the atmosphere, the combined effort of all these tankers, tens of millions of tons a year, radio frequency, all of it damaging the ozone layer, without which we die as well. Yeah. So again, why we're focused on this at geoengineeringwatch.org? Because from so many directions, climate engineering is pounding the nails into our collective coffins. And, and you brought up some people and how they got into this issue and and what got them involved. And, and just so your listeners know, I mean, this is the last thing I ever wanted to do. I was doing habitat restoration. I managed a habitat preserve on the east side of Lake Shasta. And I would have loved to stay in the forest for the rest of my days. But knowing this was going on above me, having some background in solar, my home was on the cover of the world's largest renewable energy magazine. And, and no renewable energy is not renewable. It's not going to save us. But it's better than outright burning of carbon fuels. But I, I was losing a massive amount of my solar power uptake from whatever these aircraft were emitting. I knew it couldn't be just, quote, condensation, 
began to test my precipitation, found what I didn't want to find, starting with aluminum. Every test, it went higher and higher. I was faced with the fact that I was being sprayed like a lab rat. It was killing everything. How could I face my children and not engage in this battle with every bit of energy and resource I could muster? And I've been doing exactly that for 20 years. Yeah, I, I, and it's, it's that right there that creates this this almost, uh, I don't know, the double-bladed, double-edged sword right here, or this this catch-22 almost. Um, I always said that the, lib- the libertarian anti-globalist front who picks up uh, who really stares at environmental issues like this? They they really need to do a better job at making conservationism a bigger focus in in how we go out and present ourselves and our arguments in in the world and in debate and dialectic and all that stuff. Because the message about local action, like what you're talking about in, in your nature preserves, and there's a lot of people who would love to spend their days in the forest or any kind of habitat ecosystem near them and and be a part of the solution they uh they're 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 really being squelched out by the bravado of this transhumanist fraud movement uh the world economic forum the the i mean the cia where john brennan was was bragging about all of the the uh atmospheric spraying that was going on and everything that the military industrial complex at whole, that's a very large, that's a very large, big Goliath of an enemy for to to overcome. And that's what I, I really, I think what it's really all about right now. It's not so much that there aren't people out there who want to preserve and, and be a part of nature and do the right thing. But what do we do to defeat the human garbage that is perpetrating this, this, uh, this war on all of us? Because it, uh, you know, like George Carlin said, the planet, uh, the planet will recover literally from anything we throw at it. Uh, once we once we exterminate ourselves, the planet, at least one day down the line, the planet will recover itself. The real showdown right now, worth considering, is the one that determines the future of mankind. I think that's the one. That's the real question that we have to ask ourselves while we are here. How do we face and defeat the people who are doing this to us? Um, that really bring our future into into question our future is very much in the balance at this point and very few are willing to face that and that's a message of geoengineering.org we refuse to spin we refuse to candy coat we refuse to downplay based on current statistical data we've lost i'll get to your other other part of your question in a moment we've lost over 70 percent of earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years terrestrial and aquatic insect populations down 80 to 90 percent plankton at least in the atlantic we think other oceans similar condition 90 percent decline virtual crash Earth's tree cover Earth's tree populations down over two-thirds since the start of civilization we are losing earth's life support systems by the day we are on an incredibly short timeline at this point that military industrial machine that you speak of and i fully agree with your points that is also us it's the proverb we have seen the enemy and he is us they being those ultimately the top let's describe to listeners who are they they are the central bankers they are the ones who print the money they are the ones who own militaries thus they own governments thus they control the entire matrix those who print the money but they couldn't do what they do without us the active and passive support of the majority population 
We need to focus on priorities, and that's why we're focused on this issue at geoengineeringwatch.org because we can't hide from what they're spreading in our skies. Not just the effect on the environment, but the effect on us. Highly toxic elements, and even in the case of polymer fibers and graphene, those are elements that can be used for biological carrier platforms. They can carry a biological from the cloud to the ground. Evidence indicates they're being used for that already. We cannot hide from this. We have to deal with this. This is the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat. If we can bring this issue to light, Frank, and again, I'm incredibly grateful to you and your followers for their help with trying to force this issue to the full light of day, I would argue if we could do that, we would cause a shockwave around the world. We would, one would only imagine, cause populations to take to the streets with their proverbial pitchforks and torches, looking for anyone, everyone involved, not just with the programs, but with the cover-up, we would have our military brothers and sisters who are being told they're doing something good, something benevolent, just like the pilot in Vietnam was told, this won't hurt your pal on the ground when you spray Agent Orange and defoliate the jungles and kill the population. Of course it's going to kill a U.S. soldier as well, and it did. We need to break down that compartmentalization. We need our military personnel to understand what they're participating in. We need them to stand down. And we need civilian populations to stop supporting what amounts to our own self-imposed near-term extermination and that's what it amounts to and, and again of all the challenges we face frank and there are many i grant that if we don't deal with this biggest hole in the bottom of the boat and the boat goes down all other challenges all other concerns all other causes become moot and again the timeline we are on is incredibly short and you mentioned planting trees before and that is a form of geoengineering if humans are planting trees Anything that alters the energy balance of the planet, any form of human activity is a form of geoengineering. Unfortunately, conditions are so bad now, they're so harsh that you can't in many locations plant trees and have them grow. My location is one, formerly thriving forest of Northern California. I was formerly able to plant up to 250 trees a day myself or more. They're specially designed for that forestry. They're, they're, genetic seeds from this genetic gene pool where I'm at, they're adapted to this area. I would have about a 95% success rate, meaning 95% of those trees I planted would make it through the first year. Success rate now is zero. Nothing makes it through the first year. How are we to rejuvenate anything if we've so damaged life support systems that we, we can't? And again, that's why I'm trying to point out the severity of this issue. From the air we breathe, the soils that grow our foods, the waters we need to drink, the atmosphere we need to protect us, climate engineering is destroying all of it. We don't deal with it, we're done. And I don't mean decades out. We are on an unimaginably short timeline, mathematically and statistically right now. Well, let me ask you this, because you, you um, again, with talking about how you have a 0% success rate in planting trees, um, that, that's, that's, that's pretty incredible statement right there that you, you, out of every hundred trees that you plant, you can't get one to take root and survive for the year anymore. That makes me wonder just how widespread, how widespread all of this, uh, this operation really is on the planet. There's gotta be a place where the perpetrators have a respite from all of this, because just like with using pandemics as a way to control your adversaries it's a very silly thing to do when you are a biological creature that can come down with this this as well um whatever you release to the public unless you have an antidote i just got a question that came in from rumble from a katie debakey 
who says, uh, she says, aren't the perpetrators also breathing this stuff in? I'm a total newbie on the subject, so apologies if that's a dumb question. I don't think it is. I think it's a pretty prescient one. Um, what do you, how do you address that issue that, yeah, people are obviously trying to twist the arm of the planet and uh, and make it scream uncle, but th- there's got to be some kind of a way that they've carved, that th- this can't be that widespread. I- is it possible? That's a critically important question. Absolutely uh, imperative. And thank you for bringing that to light here. Let's let's look at what we already know. Those in power, same individuals, same lineage of individuals, detonated 2,400 nuclear bombs on planet Earth. That contaminated every living thing. Why do they need to detonate that many nuclear bombs? We have 440 nuclear power plants with 60 more under construction. We know one power plant, Fukushima, alone will be an extinction level event if other factors don't do the job first and i would argue they're going to when society collapses and there's no question of if it's when and it's close who's going to man those 440 nuclear power plants takes about two to three decades to cold shut one down we have chernobyl that people think is solved or remedied by the sarcophagus that was built around it that sarcophagus is disintegrating chernobyl is about to rear its head again and again uh, our three nuclear meltdowns in Fukushima, three China syndromes, no technology to fix it, no end in sight. And so let me, and we're building 60 more nuclear pants right now on top of all this danger. We have nuclear weapons as well. So let's look at those in power. Are they sane? How do they behave? They are power addicts. Does an addict care that the next fix may kill them? No, they don't care. They will not let go of that power unless we take it from them. They won't let go until the brutal, bitter end. And if we look at psychoanalysis of those in power, and this has been done by very credible world experts, there's a common thread that is amongst all those that hold these types of positions of power over societies. There is a quote, this is right from the textbook, a near total lack of comprehension as to the consequences of their actions, even to themselves, they're addicts. They're power addicts. They're like cells in a cancer. Does a cancer intend to kill its host? No. A cancer intends to proliferate unchecked until the host eventually dies. And again, we're dealing with all of that. So I know many people think that, well, this couldn't be happening. It couldn't be that bad. They wouldn't do this to themselves. They already have. Um, I, I have a couple more questions here from the audience now, too. Uh, Jules says, hi, Frank. I don't know of anyone else who would uh, tell the truth about weather manipulation that happens in Oregon. Uh, right at Eugene, there is, and this is right above you, Dane. Uh, right at Eugene, there is something that divides the storms consistently. A big swath of rain on the radar, yet right at Eugene, a big blank. Above and below rain, nothing at Eugene. If you have a chance, could you ask Dane what weather weapon this could possibly be, uh, could possibly be, if at all? So He's completely correct. Completely Eugene. correct. Well, what's there in Eugene? A frequency transmitter. And we have those. Uh, there's another large one below Eureka. We see it blowing apart the storms commonly. It can literally blow a hole in the precipitation. Again, the frequency transmitters is they're manipulating the atmosphere that's saturated with these electrical conductive particles. And, and the type of seeding you do determines the rainfall as well. If you seed too small a particle and you oversaturate that storm, that's too many condensation nuclei. The droplets can't combine as, and fall as rain. So you end up with day after day, 
of these featureless skies, bone dry underneath, the, mi the moisture migrates further inland. When you expose those particulates to frequency transmissions, you scatter them, it has a repelling effect, and it blows that moisture out into a much broader area. So what do we see even today? Much of this incoming moisture, because you heard all the, the talk of the incoming uh, bomb cyclone right now that we should be being deluged here in California, right? It's, it's not even raining outside in my location in, in Northern California where there's generally much more precipitation than areas further south. Mm. And that's a, for exactly the same reason. We see them completely energizing these frequency transmitters. We know where they are, and there is one in Eugene. There's one, again, below Eureka, Beale. There's a whole network throughout the country. It's, it's very extensive. This is many layers to geoengineering, but they blow this moisture out into the broadest possible area, that solar radiation management. So we saw about the western half of the country covered today with largely rainless cloud canopy and that is climate engineering. So they siphon off this moisture for that exact purpose, and then they sensationalize, and that's what they're doing in California right now. They're training moisture into the urban areas, San Francisco, Sacramento, um, Stockton, and they get these photo ops of cars submerged, and people think, well, California's deluged, the reservoirs must be full. There's not enough water flowing right now, and my hydro turbine on the east side of Lake Shasta, I can't even generate power right now. That's how little rain has fallen here. And that's what you don't hear. You don't hear about orographically enhanced rain that's not occurring. That's why the reservoirs are empty. So they can deluge some rain in some urban areas that might even approach normal rainfall in certain circumstances or even more. But further toward the mountain ranges, and as the storms go over the mountain ranges that should receive two, three, four times more rain, that's not happening for exactly the reason that the caller from Eugene just exposed to us. Radio frequency transmissions, microwave transmissions and bottom line is that's a core component of climate engineering that needs to be considered then this this goes hand in hand with what what also came in uh in the the, the hours leading up to tonight's show this is for another from another listener out there right now brenda and brenda says frank can you please ask dane are they using some sort of frequency which of course we just we just did but she goes on to say this I live so remotely up here in the wilderness of Flathead National Forest, just a few miles from the Canadian border, and they have been spraying us relentlessly, and I have noticed a high-pitched frequency in my ears shortly afterward, and I don't hear anything when they don't. Been up here almost 30 years and never seen or experienced anything like this. My doctor says it's tinnitus, but I have, I'm having a hard time believing that. Would love some insight on this as others have concurred. Thanks so much. Really looking forward to tonight's show. Respectfully, Brenda. So tinnitus, the spraying, uh, tinnitus following the spraying. Have you heard anything about this? Yes. I think Brenda is exactly on track, exactly on target. There are many who do hear these frequencies and they're uh, very mechanized. I mean, it's in sometimes pulses or patterns that are certainly not tinnitus. And we have a whole medical industrial community, Frank, as you know, telling us their treatments are safe and effective when they're anything but, and yet they're all going along. So when people wonder, and they do, how could you have so many people involved with this climate engineering Manhattan project? That's exactly what it is. But they're compartmentalized. They believe what they're told. They do what they're told. And the medical industrial complex is, is a stunning example of exactly that. 
continuing, even to today, administering a treatment that they claim is safe and effective when it's anything but. So we have the human race. It goes back to the, the Milgram experiments, for the listeners that know what that is, that the vast majority would, if they were told by someone who they perceived to be an authority, do horrible things to innocent people. And we need to break that mindset. People need to come to a point where they realize the only thing they own is their will and doing the correct thing with that will is if that's not why we're here, then why are we here? And, and back to this issue, and I know it seems hopeless in, in many ways, it looks very bad uh, to, to put it very bluntly. The equilibrium periods, as you mentioned, the earth will recover and one would hope that it would, but we're talking about based on past paleo events of mass extinctions that weren't nearly as severe or as rapid as what's occurring now. We had equilibrium periods of 10 to 20 million years. Hmm. That's a long time. So that's a time frame that um, means that, that recovery is irrelevant. It's not, it's not a time frame that matters for us. We have to salvage something of what's here. So I would argue again that the highest mountain has climbed one step at a time. We have to bring this issue to light and everyone can play a part in that. And when you wake people up around you, you feel empowered. You're not alone anymore. And you do that by learning how to play chess effectively and efficiently. You don't run out in the street and point at the sky and rant. That shuts people down. You pass on credible data from a credible source. We try to provide that at geoengineeringwatch.org at less than our cost. We, we provide our printed materials, which are the most effective tool we know of, with images that shock people to the marrow. You don't even know anything about meteorology. The images we've captured, recorded, we've printed in high quality publications, we pass it on for less than our cost, our printed materials, to get them into circulation. And those tools are extremely effective at waking a person's immediate surroundings. And that starts the bonfire of awareness that begins to expand. And if we all do that, and we, and we push this issue to the full light of day, we could yet alter this equation in the right direction. We could take a quantum leap in the right direction. We could allow the planet to begin to respond on its own to the damage done, like allowing the human body to respond on its own instead of killing it with pharmaceuticals. It's, a, it's the same sort of process. And again, they're using this as a weapon, period. And if, if we can bring this to light, Frank, I would argue at minimum, we can buy time. You know, one last thing I'd like to say, unless uh, along the way something really good comes in from the audience, I I'm probably missing things right now, but I can't be watching all four chat rooms at once. Still, uh, we're talking a lot about what's going on above us. And then there is also the question that comes up pretty infrequently, and that is what is going on below, namely earthquakes, seismic weapons. I know that uh, the concept of seismic weapons have been around since Tesla, at least. Um, and, and for a while, I believe it was 2017 or 18, we had a resurgence of talks on the subject because of all that weirdness that was going on around China Lake, which I, under, I understand was the and probably still is the research laboratory location for a lot of the weather weapons that were rolled out during Operation Popeye in, in, in Vietnam. So I, as far as the, the ground beneath us goes, seismic weapons and maybe not even things that we're doing intentionally, but things that are going to have um, bad, bad uh, fallout from drilling and mining and uh, I know uh, people like um, Dutch Sense talk a lot about 
talk a lot about uh, oil operations and fracking operations that are that are, are are setting us up for disaster alongside of certain fault lines and stuff. But um, from a I I would say from a geoengineering slash weather warfare aspect, looking below our feet, uh, how much how much credit uh, how much uh, time do you pay to that? You're completely correct again. And the same weapons of mass destruction that are used to heat the atmosphere can, and we believe are, being used to trigger seismic activity under certain circumstances. Let me give some examples. We have institutions as credible as MIT. I'm sure your listeners know who MIT is. Mm -hmm. Acknowledging, for example, in the 2011 Fukushima quake, the Japanese quake, that there was, quote, extremely anomalous atmospheric heating directly above the epicenter for days prior to the quake. They can't explain that heating. They try to hypothesize that somehow this tectonic pressure caused the atmosphere to heat. That is a real reach on their part. They simply don't have another answer because they're not willing to tell the truth. That's exactly what we would expect when we see an ionosphere heater signal bounced off the now reflective atmosphere sprayed with particulates and that signal goes right back down into the strata. And Frank, what happens when you heat something long enough? What happens when you put something in a microwave oven long enough? It blows up, doesn't it? it? Expands and blows up. And when you hit a seismically sensitive area, the ability of frequency transmissions to create seismic activity in a seismically sensitive zone is absolutely indisputed science. To back this up a bit further, I was personal friends with former U.S. Army General Bert Stubblebine, highest-ranking U.S. official to speak out about what really happened to 9-11. And General Bert told me that his Pentagon context told him that the Fukushima, the Japanese quake, was intended as a shot across Japan's bow because they were starting to ally with their regional partners. The U.S. did not want that, would not allow that that they didn't intend the Fukushima meltdown. But when you cause a 9.0, bad things happen. So again, that's the sort of haphazard mentality of the military industrial complex. And for your listeners, Frank, that know what Project Starfish Prime was, that's the detonation of hydrogen bombs in the magnetosphere, the damage from which is still reverberating today. They had no idea what that would do. They thought it could collapse the entire atmosphere, but they did it anyway. That's the mentality we're dealing with. So. Can installations, ionosphere heaters like HARP, be used to trigger seismic activity? Answer is yes. And we have a full report of that, geoengineeringwatch.org, is titled, uh, Are Climate Engineering Weapons of Mass Destruction Being Used to Trigger Catastrophic Earthquakes? I think that's the name of the title. We have other corroborating circumstances like U.S. officials being pulled out of Haiti right before the quake, U.S. officials being pulled out of Christchurch, New Zealand, hours before the quake, including John Kerry. How did they know? Hmm. Why did they leave when they had other meetings scheduled? I mean, how many dots do we need to connect here? So the train is very much off the rails. All your points are valid, and they are backed up by credible science. I can't, uh, I, well, I can't really thank you enough for being on with us here uh, tonight, Dane. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been good talking with you, and so much that was on my mind, at least with what's going on in very pertinent ways right now, of course, the winter, the the Christmas storm, what is supposedly heading to the San Francisco Bay Area in the next couple of days. Um, and then, you know, just it's a new year trying to look out toward what may be on the menu for the next 12 months and, and what our role in all of it is going to be. 
I, I'd love to have you back again. And I don't, I don't know if there's anything else that you'd like to leave people with um, as we take off for this, uh, this intermission break. But um, I, I really appreciate all this. And I cannot wait to air the dimming after this show concludes in about 45 minutes from now. Uh, in your final words, if there's anything you want to say also about that partic- the, the creation of that particular movie, go right ahead again. And, um, and uh, I, I look forward to, to having you back. Well, the gratitude's mine, Frank. Again, without voices like yours, we would not be able to bring this issue to the full light of day. So this is definitely a team effort. All of us working together, all of us spokes in the wheel. A tremendous amount of effort and energy went into the dimming and resources. I'm grateful to everybody that was a part of that. Thank you for helping us to bring that film to light, which we made available for free the moment it was done, in spite of the fact that we spent way into six figures creating that film for free the moment it was done. And what I would encourage people to remember that we are not helpless and those in power are not gods. That if we stand together and if we go about this battle effectively and efficiently as if we're playing chess, and we are, and we learn how to play well, we can yet alter the outcome of what's coming. On the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org is the activist suggestions link, specific instructions on how each of us can effectively and efficiently move this fight forward. Again, we are not powerless. Encourage everyone to remember that, press forward, make every day count, make their voice heard. Thank you, Frank. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dane Wigginton, geoengineeringwatch.org. Have a wonderful night, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Be well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we are going to take a intermission break right here. Um, go and check out the website. I have uh, Dane's website linked in the description of this episode. And when we come back, your calls, your super chats, and also just a reminder, ladies and gents, it's so important. It's so important to uh, support independent media that you enjoy because these types of talks are not really being done anywhere uh, in a mainstream way. I know there's a lot of great people out there doing it. So whenever you find a show that really tickles your fancy you feel comfortable at like an old pair of shoes a well-loved hat whatever it is show them gratitude by becoming a supporter especially this show at the bare minimum please give this episode a thumbs up hit the rumble button like it that helps us right now in the now for the show to be suggested to other subscribers It'll move up in the suggested for everybody, and we'll we'll meet new friends. We'll say hello to old friends who haven't seen us suggested in a while. So at the very least, do that. Share it. Give it a nice uh, a review and some five stars on iTunes and Spotify. Everything else can be found at quitefrankly.tv, including how you can become a sponsor. Right there on the Sponsor Us tab, I have, po- uh, I have postcard sponsorships open, Polaroid, and much more. That's uh, That's all I got for you right now. I really enjoy I really enjoy what we do and I can't wait to come back from break. So don't go anywhere. Heading out, but we're coming back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. 
entering. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Not quite. Quite frankly in Roma, Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay. So the lines are open. It's 8.20 p.m. We'll take a break in about 10, 15 minutes or something like that. I want to take some calls and I want to go into the Super Chats and just gauge some reaction. Would love to do that with all of you. 914-595-6953. We are going to... um, we're going to go into our Super Chats first, and then we'll take those calls. But I want to put the line up so everybody knows to get their phones ready to go. All right, first one up is Stowe Stoops. It's great Wednesday, Frank. Well, thank you. I think it was a great Wednesday. I had a really fun time. I've heard Dane Wigginton uh, all over the place. I've heard him on some of my favorite talk radio shows and podcasts. And like I said... Um, you start poking around into what's going on in the atmosphere, what's going on in the halls of government, what's going on all throughout history that has not been written about. You come across figures like Dane and their work on their websites, and it just becomes part of your rotation and familiar in many ways. So it's always nice to to do that. Always. All right. Over to Rockfin. We've got a couple of tips over there. Pragmatic Peacock says, on the Christmas weather, the more the most traveled season, I suspect it was intentional to keep people home. Geoengineering is real, yo. Todd Fife says, I've been following Dane since 2007. Glad you got him on. I know a lot of people were excited. Free Mind says, they've been spraying very heavily here in Florida. Grid patterned, equally distanced apart, like a sheet of graph paper. I've seen the spray go on and off, creating dotted lines too. Uh, nasty, hazy gray lines or gray, gray skies shortly follow as opposed to days that they don't spray that are crystal clear and blue skies. I think people are worsening allergies are linked to metals and chemical sprays as well. I've gotten that free mind. I've gotten that very same thing. Those are wonderful rock fin tippers. I've gotten that very same thing told to me by friends of mine in the Midwest, friends of mine in that, that the Kansas City, Missouri area, um, that you'll get bluest of the blue, and then sometimes there's just a couple of weeks where they take off. Uh, bluest of the blue, and you just realize it's, it's real. I remember when Zoso Dude was going on, I think his first, at least the first broadcast cross-country trip a few years ago not the one that he ended up coming here in but i think maybe in 2020 he stopped somewhere in the 
southwest and just took note of with the camera the sky just the deepest blue these these fluffy beautiful clouds the sun looked different everything looked different it really does seem like everything is coming through a a, a messed up instagram filter like a messed up instagram filter has been put above us about a mile in the sky or whatever the hell it is it's it's for real it's for real uh, and we get those same types of patterns over here in new york as well no doubt no doubt so let's go into our see what's going on we were we already got a wonderful wonderful submission from oh here's sf green eyes says in san fran storm blowing up a whopper hope the trees stay standing so sf green eyes who's been watching the show for quite a while now they feel the storm coming the storm is arriving on foxhole on foxhole that'll give some people a little bit more time to get calling in there's also discord there let's see up to the top j jewel thank you so much chai possum thank you again these are all tips that are coming in katie b sean joe homegoy says finally got covid only symptom is that vinegar smells like ammonia glad i'm not vaxxed that's the only symptom you got wow these later variants must be getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Getting sick sucks, ladies and gentlemen. Please do everything you can to keep yourself healthy and support your immune system and uh, keep toxins out of your body that hinder it all. Um, I even have a... During the winter time, during the summer, I don't want to have any sugar. I don't want anything. I like unsweetened iced teas. Every once in a while, a lemonade or, or something like that. I, I like, uh, you know, I eat fructose. I eat um, fruit on a sliding scale of how much physical, physical activity I'm going to have for that day. Apples and plums and pears and things like that. I love those. But when it comes to the, the wintertime, there is just something inside of me, at least, that says, have an extra cookie, you asshole. It's the wintertime. So, but you have to understand sugar in all of its forms, in the, in the bread that you eat, the drinks that you have, the sweet, everything, it, that is really just something that is, works against you, especially immune wise, especially during flu season when you're not getting out there in the sun as much, there's just a lot less happening there. So keep yourself, keep yourself nice and strong. Paulie 9363, thank you. Paulie, again, the weather is controlled by our collective intent. Ah. Pod Hermit. Thank you, Pod Hermit. Pod Hermit subscribed. That's wonderful to see. Duda Man says, great topic, geoengineering. Jay Jewel says, I watched the trees die in Dane's area. I used to drive California, Oregon monthly. And thank you again for asking my question, Frank, says Jay, Jewel. That, that, was the, that was the Eugene, Oregon question. Thank you for being out there, Jewel. Chai Possum says, thanks, Frank, for having Dane on, for bringing all this evil into the light. Robert Sarns, thank you. 
and River Pike. Good to see you again, my friend. Hanging out, having a good time. All right. Let's take a call. Let's take a call. 760, you're on the air. Who's this? 760, do you hear me? Uh, yes, I do. How are you doing, Frank? I'm doing well. Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Abraham from Southern California. Another Abraham. Welcome to the show, Abraham. Hi. Uh, when it comes to geoengineered weather, I'm in, up in the L.A. area right now for work, and uh, we're getting tremendous amounts of rain, like more than we usually ever get. Um over the New Year's weekend, I got three inches of rain at my house. The weather forecast said an inch and a half. Wow. So, yeah. And for weather engineering, I don't understand. People deny it and go, oh, hey, no, it's not real. It's not this, that. Um, I was talking with a friend about this, and he said Saudi Arabia just came out and said that they're actively cloud seeding. Oh, um, yes. And yes. I found. Yes, they did. I, I found a book. At a library, oh, this was probably three or four years ago, but the book was copyrighted in like 1980-ish, right about there. And it was a little pamphlet-type book, and I was like, oh, they're giving it away free, they're going to throw it away. And I flipped through it, and it had like three or four pages on cloud seeding. I'm like, wait, this was copyrighted when? And this was actively published? It was in a library? And I'm going, but yet people still deny it. It's so hard for me to believe that people deny it. Yeah, there's so much overwhelming evidence that it's being done. Oh, I, I, and it's and it's a great point to keep bringing up to people that, it, it, you know, you don't have to, I mean, sometimes I guess you have to be a little bit of a broken record, but they figured out how to use this technology to give them uh, military advantages in a war in the 1960s. If they've already successfully weaponized this thing over 50 years ago, then what the hell do you think that they're doing along the way to achieve any other smaller, uh, you know, piece, uh, piecemeal political objective uh, on a global scale? And that's not to even take away from the fact that, like you said, in Saudi Arabia, which I have right here, this is from April of this year, um, Saudi Arabia launches cloud seeding operation over three cities to increase rainfall. This is nothing, uh, I wouldn't even say that this is anything that is really very malicious. It's just that everywhere, wherever you want to look, we know that the Russians and the Chinese, they have used cloud seeding operations to make sure that very important cultural events uh, would not be rained out or had any adverse weather uh, ruin, whatever whatever they had um, planned for either co uh, competitive events or cultural celebrations or things like that. It doesn't have to be a malicious thing, but there are reminders everywhere that this technology has been around for a very, very long time. It's used in very casual ways, and it was weaponized a long time ago. And one other thing you should know is that if you have not taken the psychological profile of the people who are trying to uh, to, to really <laughs> consolidate all of their uh, influence on on world affairs right now, they don't give a shit about anything. Why why wouldn't oh, they no, do they, you know? No. And especially seeing that how much they're trying to cover it up, call it a conspiracy theory. Oh, you're all crazy. Those aren't chemtrails. That's just contrails. I was standing, oh, this was a couple of years ago. And there were two planes flying over. And there's a plane flying, and you can see a contrail. And that contrail went out, I don't know, maybe five or six football lengths behind the plane. And it immediately disappeared. You know, 
a couple miles south of that plane, there was another plane, and that contrail did not disappear at all. And looking at them side by side, you go, both planes are roughly at the same altitude because perspective-wise, they look the same size, same size plane. I'm going, why is that one not dissipating like the regular, you know, 747 that's driving, flying to wherever it's going? And but yet people, I don't know, do people not look up at the sky anymore? Maybe it's because I was homeschooled and I was always outside. It's like, all right, you're done with school. Get outside. Don't come back until dinner time. And I had nothing better to do as a kid other than, hey, what's up there? You know, hello, just common sense perspective you know, is going to give you at least something going, hey, that's a little interesting. That isn't lining, what, lining up with what I learned in science classes on just how a combustion engine works. Yeah. Oh, well, it, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that really bring you to, to I mean, you don't have, as we've said many times in the past, uh, it's not even necessarily that you have to go away to, to school for however many years. Sometimes all you have to do is recall some of the basic earth science classes we had when we were all third and fourth grade years ago when when we when we learned about how dangerous uh, carbon dioxide was we didn't learn it was dangerous we learned that it was essential for keeping the 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 uh, the world green that it was plant food and now and now we need to kill you, you would think that if any if we had a real carbon dioxide problem on the planet the first thing that everybody would say is all right well we're going to plant 18 billion trees and we'll be fine uh, but, but no, no, they, they need us to give up, uh, slice our throats. Thank you for the call, Abraham. Slice our throats economically, give up all of our sovereignty on a nation level, and, uh, and, and pledge our lives and our fortunes and our families and, um, and our future children, because they want us to go childless as well, to a collective international tribunal of demons. That's, that's the more reasonable approach to carbon dioxide apparently that's the more reasonable approach speaking of of saudi arabia by the way you remember we were talking about that line project the futuristic desert city i just have to pick it up over here because they have begun construction that they were going to build this gigantic mirrored wall and inside is just going to be a contained, pretty much a terrarium for people to live in. That there's going to be, I don't know how many, like a mega city that is just going to be a line right across the, the desert that is going to be able to be a self-contained living space with all types of, I don't know, places to live and shop and eat. And and uh, like I said, a terrarium, there's going to be natu- natural greenery and flowing water and all that stuff to make the desert a little bit more livable we were talking about it uh i think it was last year probably sometime around sometime during the summer i remember bringing it up on a friday night when matt was here i think anyway drone footage reveals since we just brought up saudi arabia That the line has begun, they say? Look, heavy equipment is coming in. I didn't... So we'll see. I guess we'll see. 
I wonder how much cloud seeding they're going to do over there, or are they going to make sure that it stays extremely dry during the construction? Oh, before we take some more calls, I even see that Jim Lee tried calling in, so I've got to get, get to him. You know what? We're going to do this. I'm going to take a quick break, then we'll come back. I got the picture. Thank you to some people in the Discord. Thankfully, some people in the Discord helped me out, and we were able to see the picture of the mother who was cyberbullying her child. There she is. Doesn't she look like a, a nut job? That is a deeply disturbed. That's probably the, 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 the face that she had on while she was sitting next to her daughter on the couch, cyberbullying her. Like, what was it inside? I, I, the, the, the mix of emotions that was going on inside this dog face. This dog faces brain. Man, I feel bad. So I feel bad for the daughter. I wish we knew where she was. I, I don't want to dox her or anything like that, but I almost want to say, hey, listen, w you'll always have a friend over here. And uh, I don't know. You want to play Age of Empires or something like that? I've got Age of Empires on Steam. And we can play against each other on Steam. And it'll, you know, just to have, a, you want to have a normal experience a social experience <laughs> on the internet i'm not your mother i just feel so bad i mean there's one you get bullied i mean i've i got bullied mercilessly i got bullied when i was young it sucks not fun at all but um sometimes it's rites of passage and you get thick skin and you learn a little bit about people and then you grow up to watch those people turn into absolute fucking rejects and losers that's always amazing to see them turn into something um pathetic that's a great thing you start learning about karma you start learning about things but for that to be a parent that's just like i want to i just want to be your friend I'm like hey you got a friend over here no she needs therapy she needs she needs a professional she doesn't need me and a uh, an old video game from 1995 she needs therapy when that happens to you from a mother. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We still have some time to kill, and it's going to be a fun, fun end run. ...and convert the energy into heat. Ouch! A capacitor stores energy in form of electric fields between electric charges and can later release them when a load is connected between... <laughs> Inductors store energy in the form of magnetic fields. Oh, shit. And yeah, I guess every wire has a resistance too. As you know, a speaker is a magnet and a coil that when you excite the coil with an AC voltage, it vibrates at the same frequency. And that's why they say a capacitor blocks DC, but an inductor blocks AC. Let me demonstrate. If I plug it into the... Is there actually a voltage? I make a simple circuit and I'll plug it in. Now the circuit is hot and the voltage is on the... Now I have replaced the capacitor on my circuit and I'll plug it in. Now I enable the power supply. Go. Go. And we can easily connect them together. Then we unscrew the outlet and pull it out. I love QFTD. Yeah. Uh, you're cool. What's up? I love QFTD. Yeah. Yep. 
You're cool. Uh, what's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after Quite Frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Oh, the music I had set aside was right there. Stupid dumbass. Stupid dummy. I'm cursing less in 2023 for the children. A few moments later. Fucking shut the fuck up, horse fucking fucker. I know I'm on the fucking terror watch list. You can suck my fuck you fucking shut the fuck up. Suck my dick. Come for me, motherfuckers. No shit. Oh, no shit. Oh, fucking fucking unfuckable. We've seen that these motherfuckers don't give a fuck about us. Fucking these motherfuckers. Fucking pyramid scheme. Fucking fucking what the fucking Shut the fuck up. Fucking, 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 fucking. I don't give a fucking, but fuck you. I'm gonna hold my balls, talk my fucking. My sex life ain't never been better. Shut the fuck up. King Bao, Joel, I can't wait to have you back on the show. You've been wonderful tonight, and uh, and thank you for everything, my man. Frank says I'm gonna watch my language this year. King Bao says hold my beer. <laughs> I'm sorry, children. A little bar talk tonight. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's gonna be a good night. Still is. Always was. Call me. I want to know what color your butthole is. Will I ever grow up? Somebody just said, boy, I sure hope so, Frank. Mmm, lemon face. If I grow up, this show is over. Do you understand that? You should be praying every night. Father in heaven, please. Please, whatever you do. Don't have Frank grow up. Or the show is over. Okay. All right. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go and take some calls. It is 8.42. We have 15 minutes left. 914-595-6953. 914-595-6953. Let's... Hey. Let's see it. Hold on. There's a couple... What's going on with Skype over here? I had to clear some out. Come on now. Come on. Wait, wait. Wait, what the hell? I keep getting... Hold on, I'm just going to call... Boss man. Hey, what's going on, Jim Lee? I, I I got a couple of your calls there. For some reason, it kept saying declined, and I wasn't declining them. I'm so surprised to hear from you tonight. But this is just this is just so appropriate to have two well-known uh, figures in the geoengineering weather modification world on the same show. Well, I gotta say, um, very proud of you. You did a great job, and I also I'm very proud of Dane tonight. Wait, hold on. Pleasant. Hold on. Surprised. Hold on. Hold on. Where can you call me from 
real quick that is not your phone? Uh, you want me to hit Skype? That would be wonderful because you're you're bouncing in and out. I just called whatever whatever number I had on on file because I didn't want right, to lose. I'll call you right back. All right, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering. Let's see here. Hold on a second. One second. Want to see what Jim has to say? Because this is a a peer of his. They are peers. But um, hold on. Let's get a little bit of waiting music here. Jim Lee, are you there? I am. Oh, that sounds that, that sounds a lot better. Okay, so what what do you think? What do what do you what do you think about tonight's show? You freaking nailed it, and I gotta give props to Dane. Um, I will be very generous and say that I agreed with ninety five percent of what he had to say tonight. Um, and you know, everybody in chat already knows our long history. But you know what? It's a new year. It's a new me. It's a new Dane. But we should all be working together on this anyway. I, I, I came with an open mind. I said, you know what? If there's a little terminology difference or whatever, just try to focus on what Dane is actually saying. And I think that he, he really fucking nailed it. And you nailed it. You had great questions. I, I I could see where you know some of our previous conversations you you brought those up. That was freaking epic. I tried super chatting like for a good fifteen damn minutes on three different browsers just so I could <laughs> I <know. laughs> say thank you to Dane while you were live, and I failed miserably. Oh, that would have been a good moment there because yeah, I didn't know I, I didn't know that uh, that you guys had any any kind of professional differences on 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 the issues or anything like that until he was booked and um and and people start saying oh that'll be interesting to see what jim jim lee had to say i'm like why and so i i heard about this now but i, I gotta say this is a this is a, a very pleasant way to end the show and i'm so so let's let's talk all right well we were talking about uh what do you think is the the the, the biggest takeaways from tonight then you said about 95 percent of it you were 100 percent on board with is what would you differ with I mean, just just some of the smaller. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, saying things like "harp" is the or you know, high pressure domes are caused by harp. Okay, that's not really how it happens, but whatever. Okay, so like, um, you know, I think that Dane's strongest attribute is that he has a loud voice. He's very consistent, and he opens a lot of people's eyes and ears to this topic and if you know people want to get real technical and they want to see you know literally scientists quoting my work because i understand the technology that's a whole different thing so stay in my lane dane can stay in his lane we can all still you know work towards bringing global attention to something that is so serious these fucking climate change technocrat bullshit artists that are out there to 
control every resource on the planet. That's who we should be focusing on. The the question I wanted to ask Dane, which I've never gotten an answer to, is what is your solution? You started to hint at that with the tree thing, and you know that's that's the that's my been my my biggest sticking point with Dane is I'd like to see more solutions based discussions coming from him or discussions with other people who are also in this movement about what the solution should be. You know what my solution is. I don't know that my solution is correct. So the Environmental Modification Accountability Act, which is an add-on to the weather warfare ban of 1978, I don't trust the United Nations either, so I don't know that it's a fucking good idea, but it's a start towards transparency. I think that we should all be focused more in this in 2023 and going forward. There's enough of us that know about this topic to do something about it. And I want us all to come together and figure out, and it doesn't have to be my idea. It doesn't have to be Dane's idea. It just needs to be an idea that we can all coalesce behind and, and make a difference. You know, the Margaret Mead quote, it only takes a small group of dedicated individuals in the world. In fact, that's the only thing that ever has. We've got more than a small group by now. And I think that Dane is great at, you know, bringing attention to the subject. Um, and I think that, you know, I've got all the references you need to take them to court. And between the two, you know, the work's already been done. What we need is a solution and people to come together. Right now. Well, hey, you know, he, over me. <laughs> he, he, here is to hoping that maybe you guys, uh, maybe maybe you guys can do some some work together. I mean, you know, maybe it could be a little uh, Johnny Lawrence, Daniel Larusso teaming up, Cobra Kai kind of a thing. I I, I don't know, but, but I would I would I, I've told him for years I'm down for that. I you know I hope for the best. I expect the worst. Just to be blunt, if you go to any of his sites and you post weathermodificationhistory.com, climateviewer.com, or climateviewer.org, or my YouTube channel, he will ban you and he will block you and delete your comments. So that's where we're at, and I'm fine with him having an issue. Well, listen. Let's hope that I, I tell everybody the same thing. Go watch everything Dane has to say. Go to his website. Go watch all of his videos because you might learn something from him. You don't from me. But please watch my stuff as well. That's the kind of attitude that we all should have. The day we all agree is the day we could all be wrong. Yes. No, I I agree with that Uh, 100%. The day we all agree is the day we all can be wrong. And I, um, I, I think that that's the bigger issue that I, as you said, um, is the Climate Modification Act or anything else that you had come up with that could be maybe um, maybe pushed through some legislative body, the, the be-all, end-all, is it even a good, uh, a, a good solution? Who knows, but at least it's something. My question here, and my thing is that I always talk about local action. When we're talking about sidestepping the pervasive na- nature of a centralized government, we talk about acting, thinking local, and being proactive in that respect. I, I As I said with Dane, and I'm, you and I have had this conversation many times in the past too, I, 
I look at the, I, the, the concept of conservationism as something that is completely neglected by what we consider to be the right. I hate even saying the right. I just said the anti-globalist uh, faction of things. I, I wish that we did not surrender the environment to these loud, ridiculous children who really just want to kill industry and everybody else in the planet and don't understand anything when there is an actual real uh, a, a real tangible way of of keeping our planet our home clean and thriving by just being a little bit more connected to where we are locally nobody's got any local connection we're trying to defer everything to the EPA but at the we same you know centralize everything everything I, I mean that that was the solution during World War II we called them victory gardens yeah, um, and it's what we need today. The, the the caller who asked from Eugene, Oregon, um, you know why you have a drought in Eugene, Oregon? Because we get all our shit from China, and it's on these international tankers that put out ship tracks that pollute the sky to the point where no rain will ever fall on your hometown. And the U.S. Navy tests warfare. It's called the U.S. Naval Warfare Testing Ground. It's the entire Pacific Coast, plus all the plane parts, plus all the cloud seeding, plus all of the, you know, rogue geoengineering, secret government, you know, activity. So which one do you want us blame it on? Everybody always wants a, a single solution, you know, single answer to the, such complex questions. They're all in on it. And they're all freaking technocrats, and they're all, you know, beholden to bankers and stockholders. And at the end of the day, it's a crazy system of fuckery. We have to focus on how do we get through that. Yeah. Or yeah. subvert it. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Because, of course, that is what is hovering above us all. Even if we are going into our local nature preserves or we are, are starting our victory gardens or we have committed with a, right. a, a local group to, to plant 500 trees uh, in, in, a, in a local field or something like that. Those are all things that we could be doing and should be doing. But what's going on above us in the skies? That's something that makes it inescapable for us all. And I think that is why I say um, aside from local action, we got to think about uh, what kind of a confrontation is going to be reasonable enough to BTFO these um, these technocrat, uh, you know, terrorist types? And that's really where we're at. Jim, I'm so happy that you joined us tonight. Are you you have any live streams coming up soon? Um, I, I just did one literally specifically to tell everybody to tune in tonight. Oh. Um, I, I just did one on Harp scanning an asteroid and the make sunsets. Um, you sent me the article from the blaze. I, I, I told everybody how much I love you and because you sent that to me. Um, but I don't, I want to leave everybody with this and you, um, geoengineering, weather modification, all of these things, they don't give a fuck. If you're a Republican, a Democrat, a Muslim, a Christian, gay, straight, they don't care about where you live, what you believe or any of that. It affects everybody. This is why it matters so much. This is why I've devoted the last 14 years of my life to it. This is why, Dane, since 2002, we're talking, what's that, 21 years? That's why people like us have devoted so much time to this, because it matters. 
quite frankly, it's the most important thing in my in my universe that I can think of that's going to affect my children's life and their children. We have to do something about this. So bravo to you for having him on, and good luck, Dane, in the next year. Good luck to everybody. Um, it doesn't matter if you love Dane or you love Jim Lee. We don't give a fuck. We need somebody to step up and solve this problem. Well, I hope. Send your solutions to both of us. I'm, Hopefully, uh, we'll get one. I'm toasting to a new year. I'm toasting to uh, to to um, I don't know to friendships where there previously were none, and that we can just all like the Planeteers get together and 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 combine our rings, combine our rings and the the, the power of the planet and uh who knows but go team planet <laughs> thanks jim love you love you bro all right take care there you go ladies and gentlemen it is 8:56. that's a nice way of ending this show uh let me go through the super chats real quick again thank you to q shook me all night long god bless god bless to you i'm actually going to release the scratch in right now uh, remember, we have some work. We have our Wednesday, Rabbit Hole Wednesdays is starting right after this. So go to quitefrankly.tv and you can have that be your companion for the rest of the night. Wonderful people always hanging out in that chat room. Pepper Pants says, I'm actually Senorita Pants. I finally gave up on Patreon. Now I am a patron on quitefrankly.tv. Happy to be home. Oh, uh, you know, Senorita Pants. Lauren, I love you. Thank you for all the times. Uh, she was part of the 2020 club. The 2020 club, which is me sending a video greeting to you every month. I love doing those. So I know Senorita Pants. Her name's Lauren. And uh, I'm so happy that she's out there and hanging out. And thank you to everybody that is watching on Rumble right now. Uh, five, 405 Rumbles. That's you know pretty much likes. We're getting there. We're getting there. With an average of 1,400 people watching there, we should get that up to about 1,000. If you're pressing play on Rumble or YouTube, you should go press play and then press like, and that helps grow the show. But other than those two places, I really want to thank everybody on Rockfin. There's another tip that just came in from Tina Hagen. Tina says, Happy New Year, and same to you, darling. Thank you so much for all the tips from... Tina and Freemind and Todd Fife and Pragmatic Peacock over there. Thank you, guys. Thank you to everyone. Um, thank you to everyone on on Theta. Theta right now has got like 14, 13 people that are watching. That's an enormous amount of people for Theta. There was almost a year where there was only three people in there giving each other massages. All right? That's before it became the jacuzzi. It was the massage parlor at that point. So hello to everybody on Theta, you guys. I'm Jerry Coogan. That's where he hangs out a lot. Nikki's there. Nikki's like a uh, she, she's like an apparition. She's in a number of chat rooms, but uh, Theta is very cozy over there. And then YouTube. Thank you everybody that still watches over there for as long as we're there. I I love you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. Twitch. I'm never forgetting about Twitch. You know why? Because purple's my favorite color. All right. I'll give you a little something else, to, another feather to put in your cap over there on Twitch. Purple's my favorite color. DLive, always love you over there. 
DLive is a chaos, is a chaotic scrum of horniness that uh, cannot nipple-obsessed people who cannot be shut down. Never. And then, last but not least, Foxhole, which is on QuiteFrankly.tv, and that's the home of the network. So everybody, very, very special to us. In the coming days, we are going to be finding a way to also add back Odyssey, Telegram. I want, I want to get Getter onto, uh, onto the nightly streaming and uh, a few other places too. So we're working that all out. Thank you all so much. Become a sponsor of the show. You can go see all of your sponsorship options on Sponsor Us page on QuiteFrankly.tv. Until tomorrow, thank you so much for tonight, my friends. And thank you again to Dane Wigginton, geoengineeringwatch.org. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Stostube, and to all of our friends on Foxhole with the gold pills, and to our friends over on Rumble with the Rumble rants, and our tips on Rockfin. Thank you, guys. We will see you tomorrow night. Ta-ta.